Sorry, I know we've been having some technical difficulty this morning. Um, good morning, Super. <coughs> good morning. <laughs> good morning, Jennifer. So one of the things that, um, you know, is great about springtime is that around this time, a lot of buildings start to uh, look at their situation and see what they need in terms of building maintenance. So this is the time that um, part-time buildings will be, will be uh, coming out of their winter shell and start looking for, start interviewing supers, part-time supers. So it's a great, it's just a great time to you know, seize the opportunities that come along. Um, I don't know. I just get a good feel about this time because springtime is kind of like a, re a time for renewal for, for a lot of people. But what I wanted to do today is, I know we've talked about a lot of the things in a, in a prior episode. We talked about all of the ways that, all of the things that um, the customers, which are building managers, owners, and board members, what the qualities qualities that they're looking for in the part-time super. And you said, of course, that it relates across the board to all the supers in general. Um, so I wanted to talk about one attribute or one character, one item on that list that I think is super important, which is trustworthiness and honesty. And I want to talk about this because in a way, it's the most difficult one to kind of talk about because you can't really put your finger on w what this means. You know, what does it mean to be, to appear trustworthy and honest, you know, to someone? And it's almost like, you know, we all have these, um, the crocodile brains are primitive part of our brains that look at someone and automatically you know, kind of says, okay, I can trust this guy or I can't trust this person. When we see somebody, the first thing I think we do is we immediately size them up to see if we can trust them, right? And whether they're honest. Um, there's a lot of ways they can appear dishonest. Even though you may be totally honest and trustworthy, you may, in an interview, um, sound dishonest. And so we want to talk about those things that could interfere with you getting a, a position because of that. And then we want to talk about some things that you should watch out for um, to not appear dishonest when you're at a building and you're working. Because, you know, once you're hired at the building, there, there are so many things that you can do that could um, either make you appear honest or dishonest. And building, building residents and managers are watching and they're gauging you. And so you want to keep your reputation up. You want to keep your reputation for being, for having integrity and for being trustworthy. Um, you want to keep, you want to keep that reputation high. So um, I'm going to talk about some things that I've learned uh, by being in buildings and watching um, other supers and, and porters um, and handymen, of course, people in this industry perform. I've, I've watched how they perform and I've seen some people make mistakes um, that I thought um, even though they were completely trustworthy it came across as 
as uh, dishonest and it hurt their reputation and their ultimately hurts hurts their value and their ability to make money. Um, yeah, that's a great point. Um, I also agree that um, honesty and trustworthiness they are very important when it comes to building supers, um, choosing <coughs> choosing building supers, which person to choose, and also because supers. A lot of times they have to deal with emergencies or um, some of the safety issues of the building. Um, maybe in some cases, I think, um, other than how many skills you have, how, how competent you are as a super and a handyman, they might look at you, look, look at these characteristics when they're choosing a super. Right, right. Definitely, it's 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 almost not fair because you can't, you know, it's 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 hard to know what you do that could appear dishonest, even though you're totally honest about something. You may say something wrong. You may be nervous. You may, you know, just some people just don't interview well and they come across um, bad, although they're awesome in all these different ways. So, um, it's one thing that I think is 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 unfair because it's so difficult to put a finger on what could be the problem it's just it's that crocodile brain that's in everyone's head that just looks at somebody and then makes that that general determination yes it, it also might, yeah. like habitual um like your habits right that just comes out right uh that you know, a, a stranger who doesn't know you well might interpret that differently. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And he might he might interpret that differently because maybe he's had a bad experience with something like that in the past, and now he kind of across the board says whoever does that <laughs> is dishonest. Yes. That's why it's important that like even prejudice, you know, or biases, they often come from unreasonable places where we experience something that's negative, we categorize that broadly, and then we bury that in, in all of our life experiences. Yeah, human beings are not 100% logical people. Um, so yeah, let's break this down. All right, let's, let's break that. I thought I'd break this down into two parts. You know, you have um, how, you know, like before the meeting, right, or at the meeting, I'm sorry, before you're hired, we actually talked about it, Rico. You mentioned it on the last episode about ways that we could appear um, more um, trustworthy, right, or honest. And some of those ways that I, I, I thought about, I'll talk about again. I'll bring them up again. The second one is um, when you're hired, like after you're hired and you're doing your superintendent duties, I've seen these mistakes over and over again by part-time supers, and by people in the industry in general, in, in buildings as well, building staff who make these mistakes and then their reputation is on the line. So we want to talk, I want to talk about two of those. So starting with um, before you get the job, during the interview, ways that you can look professional because people are sizing you up immediately when they see you, right? In that first five, the first few minutes, they're sizing you up and they're checking you out. Don't make it harder for them to uh, trust you or think you're dishonest by dressing the wrong, you know, dressing unprofessionally. 
dress professionally, dress clean, right? Those are the things that we talked about before in the other podcast. Um, we also want you to carry references with you because as you, men- you mentioned last time, references are um, proof that someone out there trusts you. And even though they're not, they may or may not check that reference, just having that reference is and, and putting that down for that other person to see is a great way for them to immediately say, you know, other people trust them. Maybe I can too. Right. So that those are the first things that you should do to override that that initial um, um, measuring you up, you know, that period of measuring you up. Um, the other thing is that I noticed that sometimes people uh, don't interview well. Supers sometimes just don't interview well. They, they may end up um, answering questions in a way that confuses the other person and raises red flags, or they may say the wrong thing just because they're, they're rushing through trying to understand what, what the interviewer's, interviewer is asking. So in order to don't fall into that trap, one of the things that you should do is slow down, listen to the questions, Ask if you don't understand what they're saying or what they're asking. And then to, to think through your, your questions. Now, that may take time to do because not everyone wakes up and automatically knows how to take interviews. So you should practice. You, know, you, should, you should practice this. Do it in front of a, 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 a camera. Do it in front of a friend. But pra- it takes practice to do these interviews correctly to the point where you feel comfortable and you become more yourself. Because you're, if you're an honest person, and I'm sure you are, or you, or you believe that you are, um, you want to take down all the roadblocks that get in the way of someone thinking that you're telling the truth. You know, all those roadblocks would be maybe, maybe you speak before they finish the, the question. Um, maybe you talk over them. You know, stuff like that just uh, may add to a sense that maybe you're hiding something, maybe, you know. So you want to just slow things down and, and practice interviewing correctly. <clears throat> yes. So the reason why there are, there are some mistakes happen in the interviews is because you get nervous, right? Right. Uh, why do you get nervous? It's because you are worried about how other people will think of you, right? Right. So let's think about this then. So you are afraid of how others will think of you. And you are actually thinking of how they will be thinking of you. So it's not real. It's actually yourself thinking, imagining what people, how people will look at you. Right, exactly. after all, you're actually making yourself nervous right. in your own thoughts. So that is the first step you have to, you have to know that it's, it's not actually them. It's yourself right. that makes yourself nervous. Right. Um, know that first. Right. And then secondly, um, it's, even, if you know, even if you know that, it, it's hard to be not nervous. Sure. Yeah, it's just um, you can train yourself um, to, yeah, just like practicing, um, just think that you're, 
um, you're, if you practice a lot, think that this is also practice. Um, and also know that some of those mistakes that you make comes from you know, your, your, your muscles being really um, uh, tense. Right. So you're not natural. You uh, that's a great weird. point, yeah. Yeah, so like people will think, like, is there Get all wound up. You yeah. Know, like we get all tight and, and yeah. Yeah, and your, your facial expressions are not as natural as, as the normal circumstances. Right, right. So, you know, try, try doing some of the relaxing, releasing of the muscles, um, some of the breathing, breathing deeply can help, meditation can help. Um, yeah, there are a lot of techniques that you can kind of ad ad address right. this <coughs> kind of nervousness. Right. And also, there's a lot of con uh, contents about about these on YouTube, so... Yeah, so. yeah, I, I think for me, I don't do yoga <laughs> and I don't uh, meditate. Um, unless meditating is just daydreaming, which I don't think it is. But um, what I do do, and I think this is totally relevant to what you're saying is, I, I do breathing exercises because, especially before meetings, what I do is, I exhale and I inhale um, over and over again just to relax myself. There's actually a method on this that I learned online, but the reason why I do it is because when you're when you're going into a uh, a meeting, your body is in a in a in a state of being anxious. Yeah, attack mode. You're in attack mode, and you can easily panic when you don't get a, you don't. Feel, you feel like you're getting a question or you're not doing well, your body starts to panic and it starts to have shorter breath, which stops the oxygen from going into your head and it further makes you more nervous and makes you think um, uh, like you're in danger. And that's a bad mode to be in. So one of the things that you should do is just breathe. And during the interview, stop and breathe. Just go... And then immediately your body calms down. And almost immediately, your panic mode goes into a different state of relaxation. Yeah, you and know? that's that's a great um, great method. A lot of people use that, um, even professional athletes right. use that. Exactly. I heard Navy SEALs right. use that. Um, it's been scientifically proven. I don't know about the oxygen level <laughs> of, of the method but I know um, your heart rate goes up right and you or slows down I think if you're breathing yeah like, if you breathe that that could right. help that could help right um, when you get nervous you know you're you're like so excited and um, I mean and sometimes if you get too nervous you get scary and terrified right 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 so it's important that you turn this this um, anxiety and you know your you the emotion that you feel like you want to run away into excitement. They they or can like be, we call game face. Is that game face? Yeah, game face is like when you're 
when you're ready, you're just, you know, you're, it's a different mode of being, it's, it's the opposite of being scared. But you're both anxious and you're wound up. Exactly. But one is like prepared to, to go in, the other one is ready to flee. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like in, enjoying it. Yes. Enjoying game, yeah, it. Yeah. So that's another way to look at the nervousness. Right. They're, they might be the same thing. Right. They often are, but it's how you think in your mind, how you look at things differently. It's your mindset. Yeah, it's your mindset. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we talked about practicing, breathing exercises, practicing interviews so that you are conditioning yourself, you're conditioning your mind and your body to um, be in these situations where you're being interviewed and you ask questions um, because you may not, you may be, you know, you may appear dishonest just because you're nervous and that's something that, or not trustworthy because you're, you're anxious or you feel stressed. And those are the things that um, you want to, you want to prepare for. Yeah. And there are ways to work on this. So. Yes. Um, so that's, I think that's pretty much it. I, I can't, if yeah. there's any other things out there that anyone else can think of to help your colleagues in the industry prepare for these meetings and overcome this, this, this first impression um, from somebody of your honesty and your, your trustworthiness, please let us know because that would be great um, information for us to, um, for all of us in the industry to, to succeed. Um, now, once, you're, once you've been hired, you know, that's, that's great. You're, you're now in the role of a part-time super, you're in the building, and you are now in a period, a position of trust with the building, right? They've hired you, they've given you access to all of the, the rooms and all of, you know, all of the equipments and all of the areas that even the residents can't go into. Um, even board members sometimes can't go into the same rooms that you can. So you're, you're in a position of trust. And so they've put you on a, uh, an expectation level that's here. Your job is to stay there <laughs> and not to fall down. And these are the things that are going to erode your trust with, with the building, the building manager, the board. So um, your job is, 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 to, is to defend your position up here. And everything that I'm going to talk about right now is very simple to avoid. Just people sometimes don't follow this because there are moments that we can be lazy, where we want things to be done quickly, that, you know, um, um, we're scared and we just push forward without, without following the right protocols. And, but what happens is that that reputation, when it, that could hit your reputation in a way that's, um, uh, that's harder to, to climb, climb out of. So just don't do it. Defend your position. Um, so let's get started with this list. I've seen buildings, uh, part-time supers, who have um, different buildings on the same block. And one thing I see is these part-time supers um, sometimes change supplies or switch supplies or transfer supplies between the buildings. Oh. So they may use the garbage bags from one building because they ran out and then they'll 
use it at another building. And they'll tell, you know, you know, whoever sees that, like I've said, hey, isn't that someone else's building? They'll say, oh, I'll, I'll pay them back with that garbage, with, with those bags. I'll put those garbage back that I borrowed to, when I get my bags, when I get my, my full supply in. Um, I've seen that. I've seen also cleaning supplies being used between buildings. Um, I've seen uh, contractors being allowed, contractors in one building being allowed to use the restroom in another building when the, when the part-time super has both buildings. And as small as it sounds, we're talking about a few garbage bags and everyone runs out of supplies. And we're talking about, um, uh, you know, letting someone use a bathroom who needs to use a bathroom. Who doesn't want to deny it? Who wants to deny that, right? But what happens is that if you do it often and, um, you know, or the assumption is that if you even do it once and you're caught, the assumption is that you've done it many times before. And unless you have like this uh, list of people that you owe something to and they owe you something back and which building owes what, unless you have a list going, it's gonna look bad. Um, it's gonna seem like you're co-mingling materials between the buildings. And they're gonna assume that, let's say if, if, if it's coming from, a, if, you're, if there's a resident from one, a board member from a bigger building who has much more supplies than a smaller building right next door that has less supplies and you're constantly giving materials over, they're going to assume that the big building is assumed that they're constantly feeding the small building. And that erodes your trust. Um, so when you get supplies in, separate those supplies, mark them, and just keep them separate. If you do have to, you know, you do run out of supplies, um, that's a planning issue. We'll talk about that in a different ep episode. But if you run out of supplies, then um, uh, let the board know that, or let someone know that I'm taking these, I ran out of uh, bags, can I take these bags and drop them off into the next, into the next one? Or keep a, a log, you know, someplace that's obvious so that whoever wants to check your supplies can see that you are keeping track of the supplies properly between the buildings. Because if you say, oh, it's all in my head, don't worry. You're gonna, everyone's going to be like, man, there, you know, there's, I can't remember what I ate for breakfast. And you tell me that you're going to remember how many garbage bags you took out uh, on, on different days. So uh, and that you loan to another building. So it just makes you look bad. Um, so you, you want to practice that. That material belongs to that building. They've paid for that. Exactly. Um, includes water to use of water. Because I've seen a super in one building, um, uh, actually, I, I think it's happened to um, some good supers I know where they took two buildings were side by side, two part, two different uh, co-ops were side by side. The part-time super took the hose from one building and started to wash the sidewalk uh, of the other building. And so naturally, people got upset, people in the co-op. Remember, they're all... They're all owners, co-owners of the building. So shareholders in the building will care that you're, you're depleting their supply or using their utilities to service another building. So they're going to be like, hey, you, you used our water to, to hose off his sidewalk. That's our water. And then if you come out by saying, oh, don't worry, I'll use this water to wash your... You've already looked like you're, you're, you're fudging things and it just looks terrible. Just don't do it. There are people that care in the co-op. 
co-owners care but even if you have a rental building and you don't have the landlord there just don't do it that's find a way if that if that building doesn't have us uh, a hose uh, uh uh, attachment for a hose in front of the building and you know doesn't have the capability just tell that building if they want their sidewalk washed they have to pay for it they have to pay for something to be built out so that they can hose down the sidewalk um, they shouldn't be saying to you hey um, you're a part-time super you're a part-time super the next building too can you just um, use use their hose to wash our sidewalk that you immediately should be like, look, I can't do that. That's that's their water. That's their equipment. You know, I, I I service both these buildings, but I keep those things separate. You know, so that if you're if you're missing the equipment to hose down your sidewalk, this is what we need. We need a plumber. Um, this is what we need to do. Yeah, and especially there could be cases where the the tools or equipment break down. Right then who's going to be responsible for that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's true. If you, that's true, too. If you're using a snake in one building and then you carry, and they paid for it because sometimes it's better to have the building pay for the snake and you bring it down to the next building and it breaks there, the head pops off or something, and now you have to get it fixed, you're, you know, it's, it's the building that bought it that's going to have to pay for that, right? Most likely. That's unfairly... Um, charge back to the building that loaned that to the to the next building. Yeah, exactly. Even if that snake was not used, right? Like, oh, no one ever uses that snake. I'm just gonna take this and use it to another building. And the manager finds out, oh, we we never used this snake. Like there was no <laughs> clog. Then why why did this break? And you know you're gonna look terrible. Right, right, right. It just. You want to keep the things separate. If, like, if you end up, like you said, not using, if the building buys a tool that you end up not using, still keep it with that building. I know it's hard. I know that, you know, all right, maybe an emergency, I can see that happening, but that's going to still open you up to potential criticism and an erosion of your reputation. So if you're going to take that chance and bring it to the emergency, then that's you got to take that risk i would just tell the other building to buy their own snake yeah. or i would buy my own and then i can use it wherever i want you know i can it's my snake i bought it it's 500 bucks or 300 bucks i'm gonna bring it to whichever building that i want um and you can store it in the building it's just it's just yours um the next one uh this happens this i see time and time again and and this is this ends up looking bad too. It may seem small to people, uh, to part-time supers. It may seem small to um, the, the person that's doing it. But if you get caught with this, this looks bad. Um, and it may seem innocent, but it's fudging numbers, fudging time. So let's say you are charging for a time that you've been doing a job or you're, you're at the building, you're, you're charging for overtime, you know, OT. Um, and you're saying that you were there for two hours and you were actually there for an hour and a half. So you want to get that half an hour, you know, OT. Number one, if they find out it looks bad, it's, they're going to call a stealing company time. That's time that doesn't belong to you, that you've just stolen because you said that you took that, you, you spent time doing that. 
Um, also, building managers and some you know board members have a a what's called a um, they know they have this internal meter, like a like a giggle meter. I call it a giggle meter because they'll they'll start laughing, Un without unintentionally without controlling it, they'll burst out in a giggle when they see a number, and they'll be like, "Why is it? Why is it? It's not three hours." Unless you have a a good reason that it's three hours, if they feel that you've just fudged the numbers, your reputation looks has just taken a hit, because then they won't trust any number that you give them in the future. And so the thing is that everyone has a giggle meter. I think I've seen everyone do this, where they see something that's like outlandish, ridiculous. ridiculous, like a proposal that's like 10 times more than your immediate reaction. It's not anger, it's actually laughter. You, you, it's called a giggle test. So don't be on that. Um, the key is don't be on the end of the giggle test. Don't be someone's, um, don't, don't, don't do something that will get a giggle out of people. And that includes numbers, you know, um, uh, time that people see that you're submitting, claiming that you've done, you know, work for a certain certain amount of time. They know, right? And it's also not not right, right? You, even if they don't know, technically you're you're supposed to you're supposed to put in the time. There might be some leeway for travel time. There might be leeway for you know. If you know some, I've seen companies say, "Well, you know, we charge every hour, you know, up the hour, and if you're there 50 minutes out of the hour, you still charge the hour." That's fair, right? I kind of, I kind of see that um, a lot, and and there's reasons for that, but it's like if you if you leave at one, and you claim that you've been there until two, that's that's something that um, that's bad. it's bad and. Well, that's flat out lying. So that, that I mean, that would be dishonest. But um, even if you fudge the numbers that, or the hours that, let's say you've been there for, let's say half an hour, but you say forty-five minutes, it may seem small, but it just once again, if if uh, something like that comes out, it may be small to you, um, but it might be big for the manager in terms of how he feels about your word. So. Um, don't do that. And uh, it adds up. It adds up. And once again, um, doing this uh, endangers you because now you've gone on a man building manager's giggle alert. He's, you're now there on their giggle alert. Giggle alert means that anything you say will be prone to, you know, um, getting a giggle out of them. So don't don't do that. Ways that you can. Um, you know, but there are legitimate ways that you will be at a, a a job. You'll be there from this time to this time, and you may still get get a giggle out of a manager, who wasn't there, who thinks that oh my god, you know he he's saying that he was there for two hours. I'm not going to pay him for two hours. That's crazy. OT. He, it was only a, a half an hour job. One of the the way the and it will happen and. Um, one of the ways that you can prevent that or counter that is by taking pictures of the time that you were there. Time stamp those pictures um, and have a good reason why you were there. 
uh, or provide some kind of details or descriptions to say I was there for this time for this reason, right? I was shoveling the sidewalk because, you know, um, shoveling for that long because there was a whole bunch of ice. It was sub-freezing temperature. The snow melt melted the ice and then another foot of snowfall came and it was like 23 degrees and Fahrenheit and that that was the reason why I was there and that makes more sense. So counter that by having proof um, and building up the evidence. Yeah, and <clears throat> also don't be angry at them when yeah. they get <laughs> Like don't emotionally um, get bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. To that, because just just think that you know it's because they don't know, and I'm gonna have to tell them. You know it's hard though because when someone says they don't trust you or they 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 test your they test your or they challenge your credibility, the first thing you do is go into like animal defense mode. Yeah, and you go, I mean what? your immediate reaction is like, I worked all these hours for you, and right. this is how I get treated. Right. Uh, but just you know, step back. Um, be professional. Yeah, professional means to put your emotions aside. Yeah. If they do, uh, you know, inadvertently trigger a giggle. You know, if they if they question uh, something you've submitted, um, just be prepared to back it up. That's why I said take a picture. You know. If they, there'll always be a time when people are, are first coming together and you're building that trust and they're sizing you up against their first impression and they're sizing you up and seeing whether you match that first impression, there'll be a time where they go, hmm, let me see if he's, he's uh, this sounds off, let me ask him. And at that time, it's up to you to kind of, kind of produce that. Don't, don't get into a point, don't get into a position where you, do, you, you have to, say, trust me that I was there, have some proof, you know? Yeah. And that also makes the manager feel great because you're documenting what you're doing. Yeah, and you have your phone, it's so easy. Yeah, you have your phone, exactly. Nowadays, it's super easy, you have apps that timestamp it, but I think, the, I think, I think uh, a lot of the devices uh, automatically put timestamps on them, yeah. so they'll see it. So the other thing is, um, don't paint rosy pictures of situations that are going bad. Um, I know we all want to do it when, when things are spiraling downwards or those of us who want to keep positive and try to say, oh, things are, things are looking, things are great. Um, don't worry, or, you know, don't worry, don't worry. Um, and then ultimately something happens where you do have to worry. A lot of managers and, and board members will say, where was that red, where was the warning down the road? Why didn't you warn us? Maybe we could have helped you. Maybe this, this wouldn't have gotten so bad. And now you just look uh, like you were hiding something, that you were afraid to tell them out of fear that you would get in trouble, um, that you didn't tell them what was going on. And that, I think, is, is, uh, is something that you can control from the beginning by bringing in a healthy dose of, of um, being concerned, being transparent, describing the situation, telling them what is going wrong, what is going right, why you think it's gonna go um, uh, from, from bad to good, and 
let them know beforehand. And that is a huge trust issue. Once you do that and you paint the rosy picture, next time you come to them and say, oh, that water leak is fine. Everything's beautiful. That the, the shareholders was informed and everyone's just happy. That manager's going to be like, let me call them directly because I, I, can't, I don't trust the super to give me the complete picture. Yeah, it's kind of like you're going to a, a hospital when you're sick. Oh, great and analogy. The doctor says, oh, you just have a cold. You, you, you'll be fine. <laughs> and then the next day, you... you uh, Full-fledged? <laughs> yeah, it's like you realize you have cancer. Oh, no, like that's, not I, that's a little extreme, but right. that that may be the emotions that the, these managers feel. And even if the doctor has been diagnosing correctly, doing his job, he's gonna think, "Oh my God, did he even go to med school?" Right, right, right. So they'll they'll test your credibility as to whether you actually know your job yeah. and whether you were able to diagnose the problem properly for the building yeah but there may be some cases that you really didn't know what was going on you thought it was simple i would say yes i agree with you but your experiences as a part-time super as a as a resident manager should give you enough knowledge to say i expect this to happen i expect that to happen and that's why that's where your value comes in if you're if you're not able to do that, if you're not able if you're making the wrong diagnosis and you're making the wrong predictions in your work, you have to um, build that experience where you can see the pros and cons of every situation, and you have to be ready for the cons. You have to be ready for things to fall apart and kind of jump in. We all look. I'm not saying you know be perfect, but. Um, don't like you can there are times when um, you may you may not be able to predict exactly what happens but I would say being professional in this field means that you're able to catch the cons with the, the things that could be negative or things that could turn out bad um, and then to, to relay that to the manager as fast now, as possible. What would be your advice to um, those cases where you actually didn't know, you didn't expect it, you gotta be able to say something, right? And there are sometimes complications. Um, I don't know, for example, the, the leak, uh, it's supposed to be a really simple issue, right. but there may be some really special cases because of the type of wood or whatever it is. That's true. I can see where you're going. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, yeah. Because it's really exceptional case that this happened, this kind of bubbled up. Yeah, it may not be exceptional. I, I, so I'm starting to see that it could be common. It yeah. could be there, yeah. It's, it's because the building's way too old. This should not be a, a huge problem like this. <laughs> That's but true. Yeah, like in those cases, just That's, explain the Let's explain the situation. And this is what I did. I did my best. Unfortunately, this was the case. Uh, this was the case. So just right. gotta explain it. Keep calm. Right. They might be saying, "What were you doing?" Right. <laughs> don't like all those times. Right, right. You could have done this, but you know, just just keep calm and, and explain yourself. 
Yeah, and also just keep in mind for all those part-time supers out there that um, often the building will, during these times, try to put more responsibility that you should have known something or you should have been proactive. And maybe you, sh maybe you could have, but in a part-time uh, part building setting where you're not at the building 24-7, you're not living at the building, it's hard to see a lot of those things. It's hard to catch a lot of the things that you could have caught because you're at the building 24-7. Yeah, and also so, yeah. the building is taking that risk. Yes, yes. By having a part-time, they're exactly. kind of understanding that, look, I have the benefit of not having a live-in super and having to deal with that expense um, and to hire an outside, outside party person. Um, there's a risk in that as well. The next one is... Don't make it seem like you're doing favors to the vendors on the building's dime. That means that um, you're letting the vendor get away with things um, such as, you know, uh, maybe punching out later um, they've actually worked for um, or let them use the tools and supplies of the building. When buildings, you know, shareholders, board members, and property managers hire a part-time super, they're expecting that super to watch in the interest of the building. Watch, watch. how do you say that? Protect the interest of the building, not protect the interest of the vendor. So the key is that it you're there to, to make sure that the vendors are clocking out at the right time, coming in, doing their work properly. If you see anything that's off, that should red flag you because you're in a position of trust at the building to uh, let the building know. You know, if Dave, if you feel like they're gonna, um, I've been in situations where they ask you to sign first and they'll put the numbers in later, the, the time in later. One time I actually caught them outside putting the time in and it was like, they not only put the wrong time, they said that they took apart the cabinets, they said they did things that they didn't do. Um, you definitely want to red flag that and bring that to the building's attention. Um, I'm not talking about mistakes. You know, sometimes we overlook things and we may sign for something that we weren't supposed to sign for. Sometimes when we're busy, we don't read carefully or we miss something, but they start to question and look back at all of your signatures <laughs> and start to see that there may be a pattern that looks, that. then that's, that's really bad. Um, talk about intentional. Um, those mistakes, mistakes and intentional are two different things. Uh, Mistakes that you make, if you mis make a mistake, it will hit your credibility, but it may not hit your reputation as a trustworthy or honest person. You just say, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, but that's to teach you to, to be better at, at preventing that. Right, you're representing the building, not the vendors. Not the vendors. And I don't want to talk about intentional because if we're, if we're talking about intentional, you, you shouldn't be in this industry, right? If you've intentionally done that. But I'm talking about possibility of making mistakes so we just need to be careful as part-time supers to watch that thanks for watching part one of building superintendent trustworthiness please join us for part two coming up thanks a lot